it was a much younger Napoleon Bracey with a lot less gray hair 10 years ago fighting in the street against Pritchard Water. I don't even know how they found the footage. They found a bill, me holding my water bill was $1,800. I complained to Pritchard Water and they reduced it to 800 and something dollars and I had to pay that water bill. These are the types of bills people are under and the pressure people are under right now. And I was so grateful that Kim, they found the footage, man. (laughs) <laughs> they found the footage from back 10 years ago. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's just horrible, man, what they're doing. Mm. You know. All righty. Welcome in, boys and girls. Another fine week of your favorite political podcast, Alabama Politics This Week. I am Josh Moon, and uh, the the other person that hosts this thing is... David Person. Person. That's person with no S, as we learned last week for the first right. time. Um, <laughs> news to me, but apparently that's the way it's always been. Pretty sure he changed it. That's point. all right. The check's still the check's still cash. That's what matters. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. As long as long as uh, the accountant knows what how to spell that thing. That's it. Um, that's it. All right. Uh, we've uh, this will probably be the the best show we've ever done. Uh, all right. Because I mean, our guest that we're going to have on, uh, representing Napoleon Bracy, we're going to discuss what might be the craziest scandal that we've had in quite some time. Uh, around here, it, it's uh, it is it is top notch Alabama corruption, baby. Um, I mean, it's it's everything. You know what it is? It's 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 exaggerated political corruption. That's what it is. It's it's to the point where you read the, what's happened and you think there's there's no way this could be. Re-. If this was in a TV show, nobody would even believe this. You know, this right. was, was so far gone that nobody would think this is possible. So that's the kind of scandal we're going to talk about uh, w- with our friend uh, Napoleon Bracey uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, but first, we've got a uh, we have a buffet. We, we've we've entered the buffet. Is this the gentleman who wrecked the buffet? Uh, the buffet. Um, the buffet. Yeah, the, the buffet. At, yeah, it's uh, Beverly Hills Cop. You know, is that uh, the same? Oh, Beverly Hills. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. we know he's the, the police chief. Is is this the gentleman who wrecked the buffet? At the, <laughs> uh, all right, so here's our buffet. Uh, we have uh, the, Al- the SCOTUS decision on Alabama's maps. We have an anti-riot bill. Uh, we have monuments, new monuments bill, because we need that. And hmm. we have a transgender bill. So I ask you, David, your choice, host choice, what would you like to start with? Let's start with the monuments bill. Let's start okay. with that. Let's, Let's start go with, with that. Let's go with my, actually, actually, you're incorrect there. Okay. Okay. Uh, because it's not the monuments bill. It's the monuments bills. Yes, that's right. They're two, right? They're right. two bills. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, because one wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. One was not enough, uh, you know, to, to get this done. It we have, uh, I, I don't. It is so stupid the way we run government in this state, mm-hmm. uh, and the people that we elect to run it. That this is still an issue in 
uh, in our in our state. And let me say one more thing. There, there is one other thing uh, that we need to throw into the mix here, and that is there are now multiple bills aimed at CRT uh, in, in our legislature. A new one was just filed yesterday called Divisive Concepts uh, in Education, and this would outlaw certain concepts being taught in, in schools and in colleges uh, based on a race, religion, or uh, gender. And uh, there was no real definition of a lot of that stuff given. But, you know, anyways, I I won't throw that into the mix as well, but we'll get back to that. Because the the monuments bills are essentially the same as they always were. Uh, These are the bills that we've known uh, forever. Uh, But they now impose greater fines. Uh, and hold uh, and can and can actually you know put people in jail uh, mm-hmm. for these uh, for damaging monuments or removing monuments and they can find cities uh, I want to say it's, is it twenty five thousand or five thousand per day five thousand per day five thousand per day and what I'm not clear on maybe you are but what I'm not clear on is and is that indefinitely because if if a monument is moved are they saying five thousand a day unless you move it back. Or until you move it back or what, what, how does the, you know, how, how, what's the termination or what's the cap on the finding or is there a cap on the finding? Listen, man, listen, we just make laws. Okay. We don't, we don't talk, we don't worry about consequences. Okay. We just, we just make, we just make laws and stuff and throw it out there. You remember the last one, the last one that we passed technically uh, was so broadly written and so stupid uh, that you couldn't, make improvements to the football stadiums at Auburn and Alabama without going through the Monuments Preservation Committee first, uh, because that's how dumb they were when they wrote it. Um, and, and I mean, there, there are all sorts of other unintended consequences or intended in some cases. Uh, but yeah, man, you know, we don't worry about things like that. It's, so, you know, uh, a, a, I'm going to coin a new term here. I'm going to call this nostalgic ineptitude. Uh, there is there is a determination, apparently, by a faction of Alabama's Republican Party. And I don't know how widespread it is, so I don't want to just make a, a broad sweeping indictment of all Alabama Republicans. But, uh, but, but it appears to be a significant enough faction. Who uh, who have resigned themselves to nostalgic ineptitude? So mm-hmm. here's what I mean by that. First of all, Alabama seems under their leadership. Alabama, it appears, is going to be hell bent on being uh, returning us to the turn of the 20th century. They want to go back a hundred plus years mm-hmm. in order to try to protect and preserve uh, a culture and uh, a mission that was not only innately immoral, but that lost. It was a failure, but, but they are hell bent on doing that. And that's why I call this nostalgic ineptitude, because, you know, the Confederacy doesn't stand up. On any or by any metric, it doesn't stand up. Yet they're hell bent on trying to preserve it, trying to protect it, trying to try to make sure that Alabamians are forced to celebrate mm-hmm. it and commemorate it. I'm going to disagree slightly. Okay, because they are not hell bent on protecting uh, the entirety of the Confederacy. That what they are hell bent on protecting 
is the lost cause idea of the Confederacy. That's what they're hell-bent on protecting because they are vehemently fighting, on the other hand, the other front, an expl- a true explanation of what the Confederacy was and was all about. Uh, that they have done okay. that because okay. I mean it's quite the yeah. uh, it's quite the little problem they've created for themselves here. Where mm-hmm. on the one hand we have to protect these statues and monuments for history, on the other hand we can't tell people what these guys in these monuments actually did. You make an um, excellent point. Excellent you know, and point. so they don't want what they don't what they want is this. What they want is the racism, okay? That's what mm-hmm. they want. That, let's be honest about it. That's what, I mean, they, they can beat around the bush and wink and nod and pretend like this is about history and heritage and all that other bullshit. But what we know for a fact is, is what they're actually doing is they're coveting racist votes. That's what they're doing. They're they're chasing down these people who believe in this stuff, who want to uh, their base so to speak, to, to get them in to vote for them because it's cheap and easy votes and it only hurts minority voters who weren't going to vote for them anyway. And so they don't care. They don't care about what image it sends about the state uh, of the state. They don't care about any of this other stuff. What they are doing, and they know full well at this point, if they don't know, then they're too stupid to be in office and you should vote them out for that reason. Mm-hmm. But if they, So they know full well what they're doing. They know who this affects. They know why it affects them. They know the problems that, that, that are inherent in those uh, monuments to people who, ensla- who fought for slavery. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. They fought for slavery. I don't care what other things you've heard or read or what other theories that people have about the Confederacy and, and the right. Civil War. It was people fighting to enslave other people. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. when they say states' rights, you're right. It was the states' right to enslave people. That's what exactly. they were fighting for. Okay, exactly. and exactly. so at this point, you know what? Just uh, I mean, I, I don't know why why we even pretend that it's something else. That we that I think I to me personally, I think we're doing a disservice to the whole conversation if we pretend now, after especially after the last two or three years, that if we pretend that these people are somehow innocent or naive uh, in in what they're trying to accomplish, because they're not. If they yeah. are, again, they're too dumb to be in office. Well, you know, I, I'm glad that you uh, reframe, reframed my uh, my statements because you're right. You're right. There is a there's a there's a real cognitive dissonance here in our state because on the one hand. They want to celebrate the Confederacy, but on the other hand, they want to whitewash it. Mm-hmm. They want to whitewash it, and so uh, it and and by and by white by seeking to whitewash it, mm-hmm. they are actually making the case for why it is imperative that we who are not under state control, meaning folks like you and me doing podcasts, writing columns, uh, you know, we have to continue. And Brian Stevenson hopefully will be able to protect himself down there at the Equal Justice Initiative with all the great work they're doing. Uh, We've got to be able to uh, make sure Mm -hmm. that that the regardless of what happens in schools, that there is still a way for people to objectively see what the Confederacy was actually all about that it wasn't some damn kumbaya moment, mm-hmm. you know, that it was in fact uh, an onerous, heinous, horrendous experiment in an attempt to, to establish, you know, permanently 
a, a, a government based on white supremacy and the subjugation of black people. Yep. And to frame it any other way is just a damn lie. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. I mean, it really, really is. It's not, you know, and, and what, it, I, you know, I, I, I do think what they want to do here is for some reason they desperately need to paint their ancestors or even people who weren't related to them, but somehow or another they, they have held up as heroes, um, you know, that, that were in the South at that time. They desperately need for those people to be heroes of some sorts, that they were fighting for some greater cause. And I, I've never understood that. I've never had that inclination of, uh, you know, well, this is my heritage. I'm from the South. I'm, you know, it's just, we, we were right all along. I don't, you weren't. Well, and what's so hard about saying that? I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it, they did, they did terrible things that this was a terrible thing that they were fighting for. Uh, there was no honor in it. There mm-hmm. were many, many people who knew it was wrong, including mm-hmm. people in the South who stood to lose a lot of money uh, by saying it was wrong and did lose a lot of money by saying it was wrong, but still stood up and did the right thing. There were many, many people like that. So, uh, w- you know, I I don't understand. I don't, it just doesn't make any sense to me why people hold on to this so tightly. What are you connected to? Well, I think, again, it's the deep, you know, if we're going to be, if I'm going to be, if I can be blunt here, it's the deep psychosis of white supremacy and white privilege, Josh. Mm. So it's not going to make sense. There are people who I think believe, whether it's conscious or unconscious, who really truly believe that white people, white culture is supreme to everything else. There are people who truly believe, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that because they are white, it entitles them to things that other people are not entitled to. And mm-hmm. if if you subscribe, if you are a person who subscribes to that, and I know you don't, so I'm not talking about you. Right, no, I'm saying that. But, 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 but for those people, who subscribe to that, whether it's conscious or unconscious, this, this, this ridiculous attempt to preserve aspects of a losing cause while trying to whitewash the rest of it, that's going to make sense. It's going to make sense to them. And that's unfortunate. (sighs) And I want to ask you a question. Okay. All right. Because we, we've talked a lot about the, the psychological, philosophical underpinnings of this thing. But let's now let's examine sort of the practical aspects of this uh, of this legislation, which I'm sure I hate to say it. I really hate to say it. It pains me to say it, but it's probably going to be passed. So what do you think with all of your years of experience covering Montgomery politics? What do you think the practical and when I say practical, let me be even be more specific the financial implications are going to be as the University of Alabama, for example, considers removing uh, Governor Graves' name from that building that that, <laughs> that Arthurine Lacey. Um, yeah, I about that. Remember. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. What, what are the financial implications going to be for the University of Alabama if this legislation passes? What are the financial implications going to be for municipalities and towns that are going to be considering similar things. 
Well, I think that they will be uh, such that, that that a lot of those places will will choose not to remove the names or or make changes like that. Um, if it if it passes, now I'm not convinced it's going to pass. Um, really? I think that yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced it's going to pass. Okay. I you know I, most people view Gerald Allen um, the same way that I view Gerald Allen, which is he's a clown uh, looking to you know to stir things up and uh, and, and he probably. When I mentioned that you know he's too dumb to be in office, he probably is too dumb to be in office, and he's probably one of those people who do, do who uh, have, has chosen not to understand the harm that he is doing uh, here with with these things. Although there have been many many people tell him straight to his face, I've witnessed it, uh, tell him the harm that he's doing with these bills, uh, both this bill and the permitless carry bill that he's that he's uh, carrying through now. Um. You know, I, I will say this. I think that there are enough people, sane people, that if it were to pass, that they would then stack the memorial commission mm-hmm. with enough, with people who would basically rubber stamp pretty much any change that needed to be made. Um I, I do believe that, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, so, so for example, what's taking place at the University of Alabama, I think that it would be approved uh, by that commission and that there would be no, no action taken on things. Um, so, just so to be, but just to be clear, because I want I want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying, because I'm, I'm a little <clears throat> I'm not disagreeing with you. <clears throat> right. Pardon me. But I am surprised. So you're saying you believe that the the legislature is currently composed, you know, uh, or com- uh, per- currently populated with uh, majority Republicans, mm-hmm. that they will ensure that this historical commission is comprised of the kind of people who will say, uh, who will not allow, if this legislation were to pass, will not allow it to have the uh, the the effect that Allen is seeking for it to have. Yeah. I, I mean, now I'm not telling you that this is not going to be bad. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But um, I'm saying that I believe that there are enough sane people in, in our government. And and I, I don't mean a lot. I mean, just enough, just barely enough that they recognize that doing this now uh, is a great black eye for the state, especially in terms of attracting outside business to this state. Um, and I think that plays a role in whether or not it passes. Uh, in addition to that, I think there are enough power people uh, around that say if a place like the University of Alabama or Auburn University, some of these other places uh, around the state want to make changes and they go through the committee work to do this on the campuses like they did at the University of Alabama, which now apparently they're going to go back and, re- and rethink because what an idiotic decision, man. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and for for people who don't know, uh, the <laughs> the University of Alabama made the wise decision to rename a building named after a former governor and who was also the grand cyclops of the KKK and, and to name it for their first female black student. However, they didn't take Graves name off the building. They were just going to have a name combo on the top and, and split the name. And, you know, gutless decision. 
It, it was terrible. And, and you yeah. know, and then to, to, to run John England out and to try to explain this was terrible as well. I can't believe he agreed to do that. Uh, but it, I, it just, what, you know, and so now after public outcry and backlash, they're now reexamining that decision. And, and, and I should also point out that there was a lot of reporting done by Brian Lyman at the Montgomery Advertiser mm-hmm. about the history of Graves and what he has, what he did and who he was and what his roles were uh, there. And they tried because they tried to pretend as though Graves was uh, somehow or another this progressive that aided uh, you know, black Alabamians during his time, which was not the case. There were some programs mm-hmm. that were funded that uh, as, you know, by chance happened to help some black people, but he was no friend to minorities or to women uh, for that matter. He was an awful human being who has no business having his name on shit out there. Okay. Well, yeah. maybe he does have, uh, have some, uh, maybe he should be on shit. That's as far as it should <laughs> go. But, but, uh, 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 but, you know, he, he should not uh-huh. have his name on, on any building in, in this state. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we would all be okay with that. So, yeah, man, I mean, I just think that, and maybe maybe I give them too much credit because I, I honestly believe that it's more. I'm not giving them credit based on their uh, upstanding morals and values here. I'm more giving them credit that they'll do this because it's a monetary thing uh, that that they will look at it as a financial decision uh, to whether or not it's attracting students to these campuses in the future, uh, whether or not it's uh, you know for the University of Alabama. I can absolutely see uh, Nick Saban saying, "Hey, look, this is a, a recruiting issue here. I can't be bringing uh, you." know, black players to the campus for tours and you have the grand cyclops of the KKK's name on a damn building here. Okay. We got to stop this. What are we doing? Uh, Which, you know, again, kind of goes back to the whole white supremacy thing. Have y'all turned on a TV lately and and taking a look around at, uh, you know, every (laughs) athletic event, uh, business leaders, uh, uh, academics, uh, the, the Jeopardy college championships. I mean, what are you, what are white right. people winning? You know, I mean, stop it. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I, you know, look, man, we do fine. We do fine as a people. Everybody does fine. We're all basically the same. Okay. The skin color and stuff, that doesn't matter. Uh, it's right. just, uh, anyway, the, it's just, uh, you know, I, I think that's what will lead it to that point. Not, not any sort of, oh, listen, we need to do this because it's the right thing. I think that it'll be led to that point because they'll say uh, these XXXXX matter. And, I, and I'll say that for some of them, I think that they'll think that it's wrong and they'll use these things as a reason to get it through. Uh, but, you know, I think that's what will ultimately make the difference here. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll <laughs> see pretty soon. There's no faith whatsoever that that's going to take it. You know, game. I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping uh, you're right on all counts, you know, but uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll just yeah, see. I, know. I, you know? I understand. I understand, man. That, um, um, you know, quickly, you know, kind of in the same vein, uh, we also have a new anti-riot bill. Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically, you know, I, I call it the Bull Connor Bill, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's what it is. Uh, it's a it's another throwback to uh, the sixty civil rights uh, stuff, where they would use uh, these kind of cheap laws to imprison uh, protesters, uh, mainly black people, uh, for mm-hmm. periods of time, and then and it would ultimately cost them their jobs and their livelihoods, and that's how they used to. To, to thwart sort of protest, uh, peaceful protest. Now, you know, it's weird to me that on the one hand, 
these people are trying desperately to kill these sorts of protests. But on the other, they are they have determined that the violent, um, destructive, deadly protest that occurred on January 6th was legitimate political discourse. I, I mean, I, I don't, th- those two things don't seem to go together. But it, maybe that's just me. Well, again, I see this as an example of uh, nostalgic ineptitude. Uh, there's a cognitive dissonance here uh, that I think is saying, on the one hand, uh, we don't want to encourage uh, protest around you know the 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 murders of unarmed black people, mm-hmm. uh, Black Lives Matters, all of that. Um, but at the same time, you know, we still want to position ourselves as a culture or a or a state that is uh, that you know supports free speech because you know we want free speech for the things we want free speech for. Right. We just don't want free speech for the things we don't want free speech for. (laughs) Right. Yes. So weird thing about free speech, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's always a problem with free speech. Right. So, you know, and, and, and what they're, you know, and again, this is, this is why it's a shame that, you know, we're not teaching civics the way we used to. We're not, you know, the, the old social studies curriculums are not as robust in the American Mm -hmm. history. Uh, I guess curriculums are not either, apparently, because if they were, people would understand that the right to protest and the free speech in a democracy means everybody has that right, yeah. you know, and it's it, it's not it's not supposed to be subject to whether or not you have what some powerful elite thinks is the right position or not. In fact, yeah. that's the whole point. The whole point is for minority points of view to be heard, Mm -hmm. but they're missing them. Yeah. And you know, and this, uh, you know, what they'll fall back on is that, well, we're just criminalizing, you know, making sure that we stiffen the penalties for destructive uh, behavior. And, uh, but the the problem is, is that the, uh, the punishments are so severe and the, the definition of of what constitutes a crime under this bill are so subjective uh, that it, you know you could basically be arrested uh, for for throwing a plastic bottle uh, at, at somebody um, and or, or all right, you know just being in the vicinity of where somebody threw a plastic bottle. I'll say I'll put it like this: every single person on the U.S. Capitol lawn the day that it happened, not in the Capitol, on the lawn, the day that that went down, under this riot bill, they would all be arrested and could be held up to 48 hours, and most of them could be charged with felonies. So, you know, take that for however you'd like to take it. So that that's what we're talking about with this. And, uh, you know, you, what they're doing is trying to make it so these people will not, it, the, the penalties are so severe and the ability for police officers to arrest people for anything that they deem to be uh, out of line, basically, 
They can put them in jail and and ruin their lives. And that's the deterrent that they're wanting to be able to stop protest over the killing of unarmed black men uh, and and other things that have gone on in the country. And, And, you know, while at the same time, these people who are trying to pass this are calling what you took, what you saw on January 6th, legitimate political discourse. Right. Right. Exactly. Again. We want the we want the right and the freedom to protest what we want and mm-hmm. and and even to call something protest that wasn't protest. Yeah. It was a criminal act. It was an insurrection. Yes. It yeah. was a violation of the Constitution. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh I mean, if that had been if those had been black people at the Capitol that day, yeah. there would have been it would have been a bloodbath. No, it, I have no doubt about that. I, I, no I don't know how that. in the world. People that they didn't they didn't shoot people that day. well other than the one woman uh, how how in the world they didn't shoot more people I, I just don't well it, it makes no sense to me well I mean I think we we know that again there's this and I'm telling you man I I know people are going to be angry at me for saying it but there is something that has been deeply embedded in the psyche of all Americans about the sanctity of white life. And so a white man can go into a church and massacre people and he can come out alive in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And, and, and driven by Burger King for a, for a snack on the way and, to prison. Exactly, exactly. A black man can be stopped by a police officer for a traffic violation. And then because that black man is afraid that there may be some uh, that he owes some outstanding child support or something like that, as was in the case with Walter Scott, run away from the cop. Mm-hmm. No weapon, no nothing. Run away from the cop. Not only can he be shot and killed merely for running away when there's a traffic violation, but that cop feels entitled to plant a gun Yeah, yeah. on the corpse. Yeah. And the only reason we know any of this it's because somebody caught it all on a cell phone. Yep. Yep. Would have been cleared 100%. And, yeah. I, and, uh, and I'll bring one closer to home. Uh, Greg Gunn uh, in Montgomery. Um, the guy, the, the police officer who killed Greg Gunn today, right now today, is still not in jail. He was sentenced to 14 months in prison for manslaughter, but mm. really murder. 14 months in prison for manslaughter and in January of 2020. Hmm. He has served less than two months of that sentence and has been out on an appeals bond for manslaughter. He got an appeals bond for manslaughter and is still out today. Right now, even though both of his appeals, his appeals to the Criminal Court of Appeals have been denied, he's still out. And he's going to probably be out for at least another two years while he appeals it to the Supreme Court. So hmm. he killed Greg Gunn, who he didn't have any right, who was walking home from a poker game. Mm-hmm. In his own neighborhood, he was a few steps from his own from his house that he shared with his mother. Mm. He had no reason to stop him. He stopped him uh, during the midst of trying to pat him down. Gun got got away from him and started to leave. He tried to tackle him, tried to stun him with a, with a taser, hit him over the head with a baton, and then was chasing him through his neighbor's yard. I talked to the neighbor the next morning. The neighbor said was in his house at you know, two or three o'clock in the morning, and. Said he's got to, uh, uh, you know, it, it, he was banging on his door trying to, uh, trying to scream for for help, and and then the cop shot him in the back and then shot him six more times. 
And mm-hmm. that guy, that's what we're talking about. So, all right, let's get out of here. We'll get uh, Napoleon Bracey in uh, and, and talk about the unbelievable scandal down in Pritchard. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. Alabama politics this week. I'm David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends and also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. All righty, welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week, Josh Moon, David Person, and we are happy now to have with us Representative Napoleon Bracey. Um, it, I, I, we were just talking right before we came on, uh, Representative, and it just, I, I have rarely seen. I've seen some craziness in government, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, you you held a press conference. I believe it was Tuesday. Tuesday you held a press conference. Is that right? Yes, it was Tuesday. All right. First of all, thank you for for spending some time with us. We really do appreciate it. No problem. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Yeah. And it dealt with the Pritchard Water Board and some expenditures. Uh, by the, uh, by some of the members of the uh, mainly Nia Bradley, um, uh, who was running the water board there, and I, there are four million dollars worth of purchases, nearly four million dollars worth of purchases from Gucci, Louis Vuitton, an airfare to New York, Chicago, Miami, and Atlanta, uh, a food truck. I, which honestly, I, I shouldn't, but it it caused I had to stop uh, and because I was laughing. Um, and when I was reading this story, uh, in the, in the lag nap, uh, it, a food truck that was purchased by the water board and then stolen from the water board. Uh, I, I guess this isn't funny cause it's all public dollars and there are a lot of people hurting over this. Um, so I, can you tell us, I guess just an overview of what is going on here? Well, um, it, it's definitely a mis- misuse of public dollars, misuse of public trust. Um, man, we, we have to go back a little bit to to just kind of bring this thing full circle. Um, I, I'm born and raised in, in Pritchard. Um, that's, that's my family's home. Um, when we moved from Clark County, we moved to Mobile area. And the growing up as a kid, Pritchard water was always very expensive. I, I always can remember my mother, you know, dreading getting this high water bill. So all of my life, this utility has had the, some of the highest water bills in the region and, and in the state. Um, so I ended up being on the city council in Pritchard in 2004 uh, through 2010. And I was able to get a close look at what was going on with the water board. Uh, I was elected to come to the House in 2010, um, and we so we sponsored legislation, Senator Figures and I uh, co-sponsored legislation to dissolve the Pritchard Waterworks and Sewer Board 
and allow mobile area water um, system, MOV, to absorb it. Uh, and one of the main reasons is because Pritchard was already paying MOVs for water and then selling it back to their citizen at a higher markup rate. It just made sense. Let's just go to MOVs. Well, that was a constitutional amendment that came out to be voted on by the citizens, which the citizens voted um, like 90% to go to MOVs. Um, Pritchard Water were very desperate at the time. They spent uh, I know $100,000 um, with a, a lobbyist from Montgomery, Kim Davis, they brought her down to help defeat um, the legislation and pretty much defame my character and make me seem like I was somebody doing something, um, something illegal or something wrong. Uh, all of that failed. Uh, of course, I ended up winning re-election. The citizens voted to dissolve it. But what happened the way the legislation is set up is the citizens vote to dissolve it, and then the Mobile Water Board will have to pass a resolution to accept the assets and debts. So and that had to be done maybe like in a 10 or 14-day period of time after the vote was ratified. So Pritchard Water decided they was going to go into a $25 million contract with a company called Servant Trent. Servant Trent was contracted to provide all of the water and sewer service for Pritchett Water. Well, once that happened, the local media in our area called that a poison pill. Well, that poison pill happened and Moz looked at it and said, well, we can't afford this contract. If, if this contract was not in place, we could take on the debt and the assets of the water company, but we can't pay $25 million for a service that we already can do ourselves. So Mars never passed the resolution. It never dawned on me why they fought so hard to keep Pritchard Water. Because it was the right thing to do, right? Until now. Now I realize that all of this corruption that's going on now apparently have been going on for a long time. And <laughs> if this would have went to Mars, then this would have uncovered a lot of the, the corruption that's going on through audits, through Mars, and it would have stopped them from being able to continue to go back to the well, right? They didn't want the water to run dry in the well, so they did all they could to, to, to kill the legislation on the backs of the citizens. Yeah. So now yeah. we come all the way to this point, and, and we see what's, what's happening at this point. Yeah, and, and to you know, just shed, shed a little more light on it for for people, yeah, the a lot of this came to light uh, through an audit that was done um, of of the credit card usage by the Waterworks Board, and they they come up, they discovered two credit cards uh, that were being that were being used, and this was a period now. Not, I don't want anybody to think that we're talking about a ten year period. We're talking about a period from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty. Right. Uh, uh, in which it's actually seven. It's seven credit cards. Oh, was it? I thought it was seven people using two. No, no, no. But these people, you know, better than I Yeah, they had their own issued credit cards. And it was also a credit card that was labeled ghost card. So I was like, ghost card. I was like, these people have been watching power too much, right? I thought it was I thought it was make believe. But then when I looked at the audit, it's actually called ghost cars. I was like, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, so this is like some mafia type. <laughs> I've been watching. I've been watching Power too much. Uh, 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 so uh, I'll just read read from the Lagnap story here. Uh, the audit obtained uh, by the Lagnap indicates Bradley and her associates used the water board's public funds to pay for nearly $140,000 worth of personal and travel expenses in a one-year period. Uh, they purchased more than $38,000 of Mardi Gras supplies. Uh, they also transferred more than $248,000 to a local business called Unlimited Auto. Can, that was the one that really stuck out to me. Um, what? What is your understanding of of that particular expense, the two hundred forty eight thousand dollars that went to Unlimited Auto? Okay, what what it appears to be is people are um, getting two different businesses confused. So you have an Unlimited Auto that provides um, auto services for like the sheriff department, outfitting the cars and things like that. They provide. Right. Um, you know, TVs, things like that for cars and stereo equipment. So it's actually not unlimited audio. It's a place called, it's either unlimited auto or either auto unlimited. Mm -hmm. And that's where people are getting totally confused because they're thinking like, what are they, you know, what's going on? But it appears that this is a, a, it's a legitimate business, but it's a very small business uh, that sells cars. Well, the, the question that we have is, what cars did you buy from these people? Is this a front for something else? Right. You know, just just what's really going on? Yeah, because um, there were no receipts or anything right. provided from, right. from any yeah. of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was wondering. I was wondering, is this a shell? Is it a shell company? Or or is this just a, uh, or is this somebody who's trying to prop up their own business using this uh, this money? Yeah, because the owner of that and and Bradley were were business partners in some real estate ventures, right? right? Uh, I'm not exactly sure about that. I know okay. um, she was she was partners with um, the Randy Burden um, that's mentioned in the audit in in some real estate deals and some different companies and things like that. Um, who was also uh, he was the he was a, an employee of the water board that had access to his own car, but he was the person that was making those expenditures to the unlimited auto. Oh, okay. Okay. Right? So he's saying. the person yeah. that's making the Right. So he's oh, the person okay. that's been running that money through there. So, okay. so uh, representative Bracey, let me ask you a couple of questions. One, um, my good friend, um, Kim uh, Anderson at NBC 15 posted uh, a letter on her Facebook page that details uh, uh, a lot of these questionable transactions and, 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 and allegations that apparently was submitted to the State Ethics Commission at least a year ago, as I understand it. Uh, have you been able to obtain why the state F mission apparently, according again, this, I'm basing this all on Kim's reporting, apparently did not uh, take any kind of action uh, in as it relates to uh, these allegations that were made? Um, no, I don't have any additional information on that. Last night was my first time seeing 
um, the actual complaint that went to the ethics commission. And it seemed as if it was a plea for help. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm not really understanding why it was no movement on that. Um, I do understand that one of the people that was implicated in that letter, uh, Ayanna Pagan, that was a board member at the time, has since resigned. And I don't know if that was a, an effect of this or not, but it wasn't, her resignation did not appear to be because of um, any spending or illegal spending. It was because something about an illegal address or something, having water service turned on at, at her address or, or something like that, that was kind of fishy, that allowed her to receive a benefit of being direct, a direct board member. Um, by not having to pay like the uh, deposit or something like that. Well, as a legislator, do you believe it is within your purview to examine the role or lack of a role that the state ethics commission has played in this? Because certainly one would have to think it's the state ethics commission. (laughs) If somebody sends a letter, if a, if a member of a board sends a letter with concerns about the activities of the very board that he's on, detailing with specificity these sorts of alleged, you know, crimes or 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 inactions, shouldn't that be something that the state ethics commission should be on top of immediately? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, when I had my press conference, um, one of the things that I did was uh, asked for the state ethics commission to directly get involved in, in what's going on here. You know, I asked for the state examiners of public accounts to get involved. Uh, the attorney general who has now joined the case as of yesterday. Um, and I also asked uh, a person that seems to like to get involved in everything to get involved, but I hadn't heard from him yet. I asked the state auditor to get involved. Uh, but I, 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 well, he's busy. He's I'm so like, busy like, right now. I'm like, yeah. dude, this is this is like the perfect opportunity. I mean, you right. you like to get involved in stuff, and this right. is the opportunity to do something from the state auditor's office that could protect the citizens of, of Alabama that's being victimized here. And and now that he's <laughs> he not running for gun- audit, that's and, his and, problem. And and well, well, that may be the problem, Josh. But yeah. but you know. Now that he's not running for governor, he should have plenty of time to do that. So, no, well, yeah. no, he's running for secretary of state so he can screw up our elections. Uh, so uh, let me yeah. ask you, let me ask you one other question. And I almost hate to ask this, but I'm a lot older than you, uh, Representative Bracey, I believe, just from looking at the, the, the looking at your, your wrinkle free face uh, <laughs> uh, and looking at my wrinkled riddled face. Um, I, I, I hesitate to ask this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I'm from an era where this is what we did. When when black people hear about massive crimes or corruption such as this uh, that involve other black people, well, even if they don't involve other black people, uh, black people from my era would ask or say, I just hope they weren't black. And so I got to ask you, because I don't know, I tried to find out and I was unable to determine through Google searches, are, uh, are the principals involved in these alleged, in these, uh, alleged crimes, are they black people? Yes. I, I feared that because it was Pritchard, I feared that. 
And I have to say, and of course it doesn't matter on one level, it absolutely doesn't matter what color they are because, you know, wrong is wrong. But, but I find it as an African-American, I find it especially galling. It really pisses me off when black people with power and authority exploit other black people, especially poor uh, or, or communities that are, that, that, that are not high-income communities that tend to be poor. And I know Pritchard, I've been down to Pritchard. Pritchard is not a wealthy community. Right. So the, the fact that, that black people would exploit them really makes me very, very angry. Yeah, the, the part that, that makes me angry as well, even outside of that, is they're not just black people doing this to black people, but these are black people that grew up under these conditions. Um, yeah. Miss Bradley is a graduate of Viger High School. She grew up in Pritchard. She understands what, what this is all about. Um, if, if any of the board members or anybody else that are implicated in this, they knew, they suffered. Their grandparents, their aunts, uncles are suffering and they're just balling out of control. These people had to be appointed. All of these people are residents of Bridget. They had to be appointed from within the community by the city council that represents that, those areas. Of course, you know, I'm sure Ms. Bradley doesn't live in Pritchard anymore, but her ties are deep. And, you know, this is, this is like inside of a family of black on black mm. and not just black on black. And, and to me, that's, that's what makes it so hard. And, and I, I get pissed off about it too, because it's, it's a senior citizen somewhere in Pritchard right now whose water is turned off because they cannot afford it. And they're out globe trotting and balling out of control off Mm -hmm. the backs of these poor people. And and it's not right. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's why I felt like I had to say something because I grew up under the pressure of Pritchard Waters foot being on my family's neck. We are a product of that. You know, I've been fighting Pritchard Water for at least the last 10 years. You know, if you mentioned the story from Kim. Kim did a story, and it took back, it was a much younger Napoleon Bracey with a lot less gray hair 10 years ago fighting in the streets against Pritchard Water. I don't even know how they found the footage. They found a bill, me holding my water bill was $1,800. What? I complained to Pritchard Water, and they reduced it to 800 and something dollars, and I had to pay that water bill. These are the types of bills people are under and the pressure people are under right now. And I was so grateful that Kim, they found the footage, man. (laughs) They found the footage from back 10 years ago. Mm. And, Mm. you know, it's it's just horrible, man, what they're doing. Mm. It it is. And and I will say that, you know, I – uh, you know, sometimes people will will toss around, uh, you, you know, things uh, to descriptions. Uh, but I think balling out of control was is a pretty good one uh, because we're talking, uh, you know, some of yep. all this is, is detailed in, the, in this story and in the audit uh, that is, is available online uh, for people to look at. And, and so all of these charges are on here. Sixteen thousand dollars to Louis Vuitton, twelve hundred and seventy eight dollars to Dillard's. Uh, $775 for a single piece of luggage from Gucci, uh, and a staggering, as uh, Lagnap called it, 
$15,428 for a pair of color cosmetic contact lenses. Um, <laughs> uh, there's also money spent at GameStop, uh, at, at universities, uh, YouTube Music, Apple Music, Hulu and Netflix expenses, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, Lowe's, Best Buy, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And it was essentially a personal piggy bank is how they were using it for this, uh, how they were using these credit cards. Was there at some point, was there were there not rumors or whispers of this in the community outside of the I know the, the letter the gentleman sent to the, to the Ethics Commission a year ago. But outside of that, were there not rumors of things that were going on prior to this? Well, um, people knew that it was a level of corruption that was always felt to be over there. Um, uh -huh. And it was always felt that good people get sent over there, but then they end up turning and changing. Um, and, and I think the letter that went to the Ethics Commission, I think that may have been four years ago. So oh, this, four years this, ago. Yeah, I think it was four years ago. Um, so four it, years it ago? Been, yeah. Is that right? The one that Kim four posted years ago? four years ago? Yeah, I think that was in 2018. Oh, I thought I saw four years ago. Well, four years <laughs> ago, that's what? Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. What? Hmm. So, you know, definitely hmm. it's, I think it was always a concern, um, but I don't think, yeah, it was Jane. It was March 17th of 2018. Hmm. I have it right it here. Just, okay. Yeah, Representative yeah, Brisbane showing show us a copy of it on his phone. I, yeah, that's unbelievable to me. Four hmm. years ago, they've had this. They sat on this for four years. I, I just, that's a hey man. I, I know the the typical process is they share these things with the Attorney General's office, and so I mean that's a lot of Steve Marshall press releases fighting Joe Biden to go. Uh, yep. You know, I yep. mean that's yep. you know. Yep. I mean, that's a lot of time that could have been spent by somebody doing some good and helping some people out in, Josh, in Pritchard. Josh, Josh, yes. to hell with the people in Pritchard, man. Oh, Nobody man, cares. We care I'm about sorry. Joe Biden, right. man. We got to sue right. Joe Biden. We don't care about the people of Pritchard, the people we were elected to serve. We want to yeah. fight the president of the United States. Yeah, uh, right. uh, well, uh, and you're right, David. Uh, but I, I, I wanted to go back again uh, to something Representative Bracey said, and that was the $1,800 water bill. Can can you put that into in into some kind of context for for us? For how did how did it get to be eighteen hundred dollars? And what are the water bills in Pritchard like? Uh, most of them are over a hundred dollars a month. Um, one of the issues is we we think people are not reading the meters. Um, you know, come to find out, they've been estimating um, people's water usage. Um, um, I'm hearing now that they are moving to a system of having electronic electronic water meters, uh, which will try to fix some of this stuff. Um, but people have just been having outrageous bills. Um, this young man, Tyrone Petway, had a three thousand dollar water bill a couple what? of um, a couple of months ago. What? And and what ends up happening sometimes they'll adjust these bills and they'll mm. say, okay, maybe you had a leak. So if you had a leak, I'm gonna adjust it. I'm gonna I'm going to charge you for the water usage, but I'm not going to charge you for the sewer usage. So it basically cuts the bill kind of like in half, but the people still have to pay it. So imagine if you had a $3,000 water bill, they said, well, you know what? You're going to only have to pay $1,500. Well, now they start charging you 
$100 a month for your water bill, but we're going to put you on a payment plan for the $1,500. So when we move forward, you're going to have to pay for a reconnect fee, all of this at about $150. We're going to charge you $100 a month for your water plus the payment plan on the $1,500 a month. So now you got you, it's compounded at this uh-huh. point mm-hmm. where people just say the hell with it. I'm not going to, maybe I don't need water, you know? Mm. You know, maybe I don't need water anymore. It's just crazy, man. It's mm. just crazy. It, and, and, this, I just, and, the, and, the, and the rates are about to go up again. People didn't <laughs> realize it, but mm. the rates are about to go up again. Um, the, the people holding the buns, they've already, they're, they're very aware of this situation. Um, mm-hmm. They're giving them junk bun credit ratings right now. And yeah. the rates going to have to go up just to cover um, the misuse of, of these funds. It's going to have to mm. cover it. The citizens uh, are going to have to pay more for these actions that these people took. All right, last question, and we'll, we'll get you out because I know you, you've been here for for a while, and, and we really do appreciate the time. And man, I appreciate y'all, man. I appreciate y'all. Mm. Is there anything that can be done? Is mm. there anything that 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 we could do, or is there anything that the public can do? Is there anything that y'all as lawmakers can do uh, to to put an end to, to this uh, terrible situation for the people who are getting water down there? Is there anything you could, we could do to help them in any way? Well, I think one of the things is we're going to have to keep this uh, in, the, in the media's attention. Um, these people, this can't be swept under the rug. It can't go away. Um, we're going to have to keep this out there. Um, I, it's it's very difficult because we have to find a utility that will be willing to take on the assets and debts of the water company. So it, it would take a legislative act to dissolve the water board and the citizens will have to vote on it again. Um, so we would just, it's, it's just a very complicated situation. You know, I, I would like for Mars to come back to the table and say, hey, you know, I want to be a good corporate citizen. Y'all are our neighbors. We know y'all are suffering. You know, just for the sake of humanity, we'll 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 take this on. You know, I just think that would be the the right thing to do because if not, I mean, it's it's going to be years to come. Even if they clean up this mess, the citizens still going to have to pay for it. It's just terrible. It's, it really is, and, and we're going to. We're, uh, I, I promise you, we're we're not going to let it die. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, us here, uh, yeah. the Alabama political reporter, uh, we're we're going to keep it going and uh, and see. You know, we're, we're going to ask too why, what what happened to this letter four years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, try to get some answers about why exactly it is they've let it get to this point and let people suffer like they have. And yeah. but uh, hey, I we I appreciate this is public service. Uh, you know, we, we, there there are people that go to the legislature and they do good work, and Napoleon Bracy is one of them. Um, and and we really do appreciate what you've done here, and, and I hope you keep up the good work. And thank you for spending some time with us today. Yes. Hey, thank y'all, man. I, I really appreciate y'all um, inviting me on and, and putting this out there. And I just couldn't stay silent, man. It, this was a situation, man. You can't be quiet. You can't stay on the sidelines, man. People expect us to be here. And, and if I if they attack me and I get voted out of office because I did the right thing like this, then so be it, man. But these people have to be held accountable, man. This, this is wrong. 
Yeah. I agree completely, and that's a, I, I like that attitude. If, listen, if you get voted out for doing the right thing, then, then uh, that, that's got to, you yeah. know, that, you can't feel bad about that. So that's, uh, that's how it works. Hey, uh, that's the representative of Pearl and Bracey. We'll be uh, back in just a minute, Alabama Politics This Week. Everybody, if you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about uh, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? Uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, all righty. Welcome back. Alabama <laughs> politics this week. Uh, 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 honestly, our, our, our producer is just uh, off the rails sometimes. I just, first of all, he didn't show up to the right room. Uh, and now he's over here screaming at us about taking too long. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm not even going to call his name. All right. I, I told you that this scandal at Pritchard was going to be one of the most unbelievable things. And oh, man, I, I mean, yeah. I think we delivered yeah. on that. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, this, that's that stuff there. And I, I don't know how it's not a bigger story. I don't know how it's not on everybody's radar that this is what was taking place uh, down there. And, and that those poor people were being treated that way, but mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to continue on this thing for a while. I, I uh, hope that there, and I, I neglected to say this to representative Bracey, but I sure hope that, uh, that they have the ability not only to, uh, pursue this criminally, but civilly, they, they need to try to recoup. If these allegations are true, and and there's no reason to believe at this point that they're not. But but again, giving the the accused the 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 uh, the benefit of the doubt until they are proven guilty. If uh, if these allegations are true, they need to pursue those people civilly to try to get that money back. I agree. I agree completely. And uh, I mean, it's that's just terrible, man. It really mm-hmm. is. I mean, uh, <laughs> and those water bills out just. Oh, good Lord. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, it's uh, it's government corruption and there are, listen, uh, here's what should anger everybody. In addition to being angry at those people is we also pay uh, for these other people to hold positions in which they are uh, supposed to catch people like this and hold them accountable uh, for, for what the, you know, for any crimes that they've committed. And we, our people have failed spectacularly at this mm-hmm. at now, it seems. Um, and, uh, uh, our ethics commission, while they were running around trying to, to prosecute somebody I know, uh, over just the most nonsensical BS I've ever heard of in my life, which was eventually tossed out by actual judges and, mm. Uh, you know, that really, uh, they were, they were, I'll tell you the story. Uh, there was a, a, a person that works uh, with us, not for us, but with us at uh, APR, a contract person. Uh, they, he also serves as a constable uh, in the state. Okay. And 
at, at times, I don't know if you know anything about the constable system, uh, but it's uh, it's basically like pretend police. Uh, we, and we made fun of him for this all the time for being like a pretend cop. Um, and but he would do things like they do things like traffic control for events and for private companies and things. Um, and so the the position of constable, which you run for is not publicly funded. So you get no pay and the office receives no pay. Um, but you can then use that office to make money, to generate your own money. So basically you do that by contracting with private companies to provide certain services, which do traffic control. On, right? behalf, on behalf of the, well, you got to help me out here because I, first of all, I didn't know that there was such a thing as a constable in the Alabama law enforcement yep. system. So who, who are they? Are they connect, affiliated with county government, state government? I mean, yeah, there is a county. It's a county constable. So and and not all counties have them, uh, Mm. but, you know, several counties do around the state. Uh, And they, like I said, they're not a public. That's the reason why you don't know anything about them. They're not a publicly funded position. Uh, But, uh, you know, you can these positions are used to do just minor things. I believe they can serve warrants and that kind of stuff, uh, you know, serve, you know, court papers and, and that kind of thing. And that's where the majority of their income uh, is generated is through th- those type of services. Um, and so they will go to, uh, you know, for this particular person, uh, the most, of his, most of his income came by way of making contracts with private businesses. Well, then the private businesses would say, okay, I also need, I need you and three or four other people to run, you know, traffic control here. And so he would hire three or four people to come and do this with him all paid for by the private company. Well, of course, he was hiring people he knew. Uh, he was, you know, his wife worked with him on some things. His father-in-law and father worked with him on some, th- you know, directing traffic. And the ethics commission brought this whole thing against him as though he was using his office for personal gain. I mean, mm-hmm. and it was, what are you talking about, man? These are not public dollars that are going into this. This is private mm-hmm. money that's flowing into this office uh, by way of the contracts that he's gone out and got. I mean, what do you care if they're uh, a person that, that he hired off the street versus a person that he got, you know, that he knows? Nobody cared. It's through the contract there. And mm-hmm. there's nothing that says otherwise. But anyway, they were chasing that nonsense, even if you're not okay with that. They were chasing that over the Pritchard stuff. Right. Right. Which, of course, what you just described, even if it was a problematic use of public funds, uh, which it wasn't, um, Mm -hmm. it it pales in comparison to what was going on in Pritchard. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, anyways, that uh, it just it just irritates me when when things like that Mm -hmm. uh, slide by. Um, But, you know, and I'll tell you what else irritates me. Uh, And that is. Uh, people who are blatantly uh, dishonest. And uh, one of the more dishonest things that I've read uh, over the last week or so was this opinion from uh, Supreme Court Justice Bro Kavanaugh, uh, who really likes beer. Um, you called him Bro Kavanaugh? Oh, yes, indeed, Bro Kavanaugh, yes. <laughs> As in, uh, hey, bro. Hey, bro. Yeah, he was him and his, him and his homies, Tobin and Squeak. Yeah. Uh, just lifting weights. That's hilarious. I don't think I've heard that one before. Have you ever Have you ever seen the Matt Damon portrayal of Brett Kavanaugh from Saturday Night Live? 
It seems like I have a long, yeah, of course it was a long time ago, but yeah, yeah it seems yeah. like I have, yeah. It is to this day the most, I think probably the most hilarious little bit from Saturday Night Live that I have ever seen. I mean, him him screaming at everybody and crying and talking about his calendars with Tobin and Squee, Donkey Dong Doug. <laughs> did he, did he, did he? Did he say "Hey, bro" during his uh, his crying no. screaming fit? No, no. But he just—he was bro. such a—he was such a bro, though. And I mean, he was just you know, and he's <laughs> such a such a clown. So his uh, his opinion of uh, uh, yeah, this is uh, Alabama's maps are racially biased. There's no there's no questioning this. Okay, there's nobody that's going to question a, a three judge panel, a unanimous three judge panel that included two hard right Trump appointees on it. Mm-hmm. Looked at Alabama's racially biased maps and said, no, no, those are racially biased. You need to do them again. Okay, mm-hmm. that's how bad Alabama's congressional maps are. Mm-hmm. All right, there's there's no disputing this at this point, but. We blocked, uh, the Supreme Court blocked them. And they blocked them because, uh, as Brett Kavanaugh explains, um, with respect to the request for a stay of the district court's injunction for the 2022 elections, the state argues that the district court's injunction is a prescription for chaos for candidates, campaign organizations, independent groups, and political parties, and voters. Um, that is what he bought. That's what he bought. That he says that this would be chaos mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the for the state. Not forget the fact that we've got voters who are going to be disenfranchised. Okay, and that because that's clearly what the ruling from from the district court in Alabama said. The federal district court said that we're going to disenfranchise voters, but the black voters are not going to be able to choose a candidate uh, for election in that state because of the way these things are drawn. That's what they said, hmm. all right? But it's going to be too much chaos now, four months from the election, right. to go in and simply redraw the congressional maps and create one more district that is majority-minority. Yeah, That's right. what Brett Kavanaugh is selling to people. So, it, you know, not only will they have had four more months, but using the resources of the state, as they have done in the past, as the Secretary of State has done in the past, you know, uh, I mean, these are the same people, by the way, he's talking about chaos. The state of Alabama was changing polling places and shutting down polling places with no notice. You want to talk about chaos. Yeah. I mean, that's what's happened in previous elections. So, mm-hmm. you know, my first thing would be, well, well, hey, bro, we know chaos down here. <laughs> we, we we know we know chaos, bro. But then yeah. in addition in addition to that, um, I don't buy the assertion that it would be chaotic because of the time frame that you mentioned and because no. of the resources of the state to alert people to what they need to do and and and, and we're talking about uh a, you know, we're only talking we're not even talking about Fifty percent of the state that would be affected. I don't think, right? We're talking about a about a uh, what maybe a fourth of the state, maybe. No, I don't. I mean, I, I it wouldn't even be. I don't even know how. Um, I don't even think it would be that much. I mean, mm-hmm. essentially, you could create this district by by redrawing. All, all you got to do is make Montgomery whole. That's all you've got to do. Mm-hmm. They, they've carved out one section of West Montgomery County. 
there where it just so happens a lot of black people live and put it in uh, Terry Sewell's district. And if you just made Montgomery whole, you then create a majority minority district in the second congressional district uh, there where Barry Moore is. And you, of course, you at that point essentially eliminate Barry Moore's Barry chances Moore. of winning. Uh, but you don't necessarily eliminate the chances of a Republican winning. You, mm-hmm. you eliminate the chances of a hard right Republican winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, but they don't want to do it. And, and here's the other thing to think about is that these, th- these maps are terrible right now. And the minority population in the state is growing faster than the white population is. So in 10 years, which is the next opportunity we're going to have to redraw these things, it's going to be so much worse and so much more unfair that it'll be ridiculous. And that's essentially what the, the federal court said about these. That, that They were so biased now, and they're only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And it's just, mm-hmm. here, here is actually what Kavanaugh wrote. It is one thing for a state on its own to toy with its election laws close to a state's elections. But it is quite another thing for a federal court to swoop in and redo a state's election laws in the period close to an election. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, what are you talking about? I mean, that's, exa- that's exactly what the federal court is there for. That's mm-hmm. your function as the federal court to come in and fix shit that's unfair. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. And, we, and it's always close to an election. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It's just it's so idiotic and it's so partisan. So that's the part that that really gets me is it's uh, so partisan and it's so obviously partisan. And to listen to these people cry and moan about Joe Biden uh, going to select a black woman. Ooh, I, just, I thought we weren't going to be partisan on the court anymore. You know, shut up. Right, shut right, up. Right. It couldn't be more partisan than it is now. So so the other thing that's implicit in what he's saying is um, if we're going to be unfair we don't want to be unfair to the people that have historically had advantage. We mm-hmm. want to be unfair to the people who have been historically disadvantaged. That's we right. want to be unfair to the people who, right. who for, for whom the very need of a Voting Rights Act was conceived. We mm-hmm. want to be unfair to those people. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. insane. That's insane. And let me tell you, the, um, the person... All right, let me let me let me phrase this in a way so I don't give away who this is. A person who works at the Secretary of State's office, who is deeply involved in the election process in terms of implementing elections, uh, ballots, the whole everything, involved in every step of this, told me specifically that if it, we were just talking about the congressional maps having to be withdrawn, not a big deal. They were concerned that they were going to have to redraw all the legislative maps as well. And that was going to cause them some problems that would stretch into uh, and, and upset some time frames and some you know, deadlines that they had. But if it was just the congressional things, no big deal. They could draw those things up in a matter of days and, and have it all passed. And no, no problem at all, because they have up until a certain point before they got to have the ballots ready to go and all that. And, and really having that stuff on there is, is, is nothing much to change. The person, the people that are putting on the election said that. But, you know, bro, you know, he's like, hey, man, that might really that might be the seat that saves it for the Republicans right there. 
So let's just go ahead and keep it. And, you know, fuck those black people. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what he said. That's yeah. basically what he said. Yeah. Was, no, no. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not I'm, arguing I'm, at all that the three-judge federal court was wrong. Mm-hmm. That they that they were wrong about this disenfranchising black people uh, mm-hmm. that vote in Alabama. They're not wrong about mm-hmm. this, but you know what? It'd be a lot of work at this point to keep them from being disenfranchised. So, oh, well. hell with them. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Tough luck. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Should have you know. should have worried less about her emails. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> Pisses me off. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're laughing cynically um, because we know how, um, you know, how just how transparent this uh, this really is. And Mm -hmm. you're right. It's 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 blatantly partisan. I would say it's also overtly discriminatory. And uh, and I guess that's what you get when you when you elect a bro, when you appoint a bro to the Supreme Court, man, I guess that's what you get. Yep, that's what you get. Uh, that is indeed what you get. And then, and when you elect, uh, you know, when you worry about Hillary Clinton taking home a classified doc or having a whatever a server at her house, it wasn't completely mm-hmm. secure at all times, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And in the meantime, we've got uh, the orange gerbil flushing shit down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you read that story or not. Was literally yeah. flushing documents down the toilet at the White House and taking other documents to his house in Mar-a-Lago right. with him. Right. Well, that's what um, I was going to say that I think is really striking. You know, uh, you know that guy uh, had uh, had made tried to make almost a second career out of whining about Hillary and her emails. You know, and and yet he himself was uh was doing the same thing by yep. virtue of you know taking stuff that he wasn't supposed to take and uh and you know but then of course we know that the rules with him the rules yeah. are never supposed to apply to him they're only supposed uh, they to never apply. have right yeah well yeah i mean yeah. Uh, you know he's 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 gotten away with a whole lot in his career that's been documented <laughs> yes. That's yeah. true. He's, he's there's some things he hasn't gotten away with, but but by and large, he has gotten away with I think more things than than he uh, than he hasn't than he than the things for which he's been held accountable. Uh, it, but hopefully, hopefully, that will change. I just think it's unfortunate that that it's happening now at this stage in American history because you know it, it's. Um, it should have happened long ago, and maybe we wouldn't even be talking about him in the way yeah. that we are now. You know. Well, you're right, and um, and but listen, man, there are rules for everybody else, mm-hmm. and then there are rules for for white old people. You know, <laughs> and that's just how it rolls. I mean, speaking of which, Tommy Tuberville, our mm-hmm. right wing nut of the week. Uh, went on record yesterday ah. saying that he thought it was ridiculous, ridiculous that we were talking about banning members of Congress from trading stocks. Can you believe that people would do that? Can you believe that there would be such rules against people trading on insider knowledge like they were doing? Can you? Are they, Tuberville said they might as well send robots up here. That's what he said. That's what he said. This is the same asshole that has uh, violated <laughs> stock trading rules a hundred and thirty-two times. Yeah, yeah. 
132 yeah. times, and who has also enriched himself since he's been there. Yeah. Um, they have, uh, he, he, you know, he, he made this pledge sometime back that he was no longer going to have any, any stock in businesses that operated in China. And then he went out and bought more stock of businesses that operated in China. Specifically, he bought Alibaba stock. I mean, mm. it's just, it's unbelievable, man. And he has, uh, Tuberville was one of the worst violators of the Stock Act in 2021, disclosing 132 stock trades weeks or months late with transactions totaling at least $894,000. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Again, uh, privilege, man. Privilege. I mean, I, I think so much of what we've talked about today boils down to entitled people thinking yep. that they can do, whether it's because of their skin color or their station in life or, or the power they've accumulated, whatever it is, they just think they can do whatever they want and that the rules don't apply to them. Mm-hmm. And it's especially galling when people are doing this on the backs, you know, we talked about the the people down in Pritchard who have allegedly done what they've done. You know, they, they've done it on the backs of, uh, you know, if the allegations are true, they've done it on the backs of a poor community. And, and, and I think everybody in Congress who uses insider trading, you know, their knowledge, you know, which is what, when you say insider trading, that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Their knowledge as congresspersons about things that are going to happen that will affect the stock market and the business world, who then mm-hmm. turn around and take advantage of that. They're doing it on the backs of hardworking, taxpaying Americans, most of whom are not wealthy or rich. Right. And hey. so they are using their position and their access to make money on us. No doubt. And and um, the other thing is, is it's not simply knowledge. All right. They can actually affect things that they want mm-hmm. to affect. You know, mm-hmm. they, they can do things. They they can make public statements. Trump did it all the time. He would make mm-hmm. a public statement about something and we'd find out later that he had invested money or, you know, that he had some kind of financial interest in the, in this other thing. And he is killing this, you know, this other business. And it's just mm-hmm. and, and they can do that. And they can they can bring out legislation that may well you know I want to introduce legislation that would greatly restrict ads on social media and all of a sudden social media takes a nosedive and then you buy a lot of social media stock and you say you know what pulling that pulling that bill don't worry about it I've talked to them they're okay stock goes back up you've made a killing. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's uh, th- that that's an overly simplistic thing. And I understand that. OK, that's an overly simplistic explanation of what could happen. But they absolutely have that means. In the meantime, in the meantime, we ban college athletes and NFL athletes yep. from yep. gambling on games because yep. they have a similar impact on the outcome of those games. Mm-hmm. And we have so we've essentially set up a system where we're holding sports players, mm-hmm. athletes. To a higher standard than we are our Congress people. And the and president. Yeah. Yeah. And the president. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, you, I mean. You remember the way he used to beat up on Amazon? I mean, just, yeah. you know, I mean, was just, he was on a tear. He just, it seemed like he didn't have anything else on his mind but Amazon and Bezos. And I'm not yep. saying that, you know, Bezos is some paragon of virtue or anything like that. Uh, but I'm just saying the the singularity with which he focused on them really raised questions about what was that really about? 
Yeah. And 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 ultimately to what how did he benefit? You have with mm-hmm. him you have to ask that question. Well, and of I'm course. sure the answer is that he was trying to benefit in some significant way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And probably did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, God knows that that presidency was a gold mine for him mm-hmm. uh, from start to finish and remains so. He got $200 million in campaign donations at this point. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable the amount of money that he controls that people have willingly given. You know, what is a person who is a walking email scam? I mean, that's all he is. He's a walking email scam, a grifter, uh, you know, a carnival barker, a con man. Mm -hmm. All of the above, man. Yeah. And he'll just, he'll probably determine half of the elections in Alabama. So, Mm. uh, yeah. Nice. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, Until next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace. Peace.